Hey there, Baylor fans. Welcome to Don't Feed the Bears. I'm DJ Ramirez, sports editor of the Baylor Lariat, here with Tim Longoria, LTVN reporter and anchor. Hey guys. How you doing today, Tim? I'm doing great, DJ. It's great to be back for the second week of Don't Feed the Bears. I'm, I'm ready to get started. We're going to have football this week. We didn't have football last week, unfortunately, because Louisiana Tech had 38 positive COVID tests, which mm-hmm. totally sucked. But we're going to have football this week. How do you feel about this matchup with Houston? I cannot be more excited for this game. So I, I, I got my tickets earlier today um, because they opened earlier for the people who had tickets last week for LA Tech. So I think they opened like 30 minutes earlier. So I hopped right on that and got a, got a Baylor line ticket. Um, and I'm really excited to see uh, Houston play Baylor just to see, like, I think that's going to be more of a test. Um, it's going to be more of a, like a big 12 matchup, I guess. Um, and I know they played in the Southwestern conference, like what, 25 years ago yeah, or something like that. So they faced each other was in 1995 yeah. um, in the Astrodome. And I think Baylor won that game. I, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't checked the score, um, but yeah, it's going to be a really historic matchup because they were old yeah. rivals in the Southwestern Conference, so. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see how it turns out. And being in the stands is going to be something different, especially since we've been away from it for so long. But I can't wait. It's going to be good. Yeah, so I think my initial thoughts coming into this week, first of all, the sound of batting practice at Baylor Ballpark is the most beautiful sound that you're ever going to hear. Mm-hmm. Walking uh, toward campus today, because I don't park on campus. I think it's ridiculous that they make us pay for parking. Right. So the only place I can park is outside of the ballpark at, at the Farrell Center. And walking um, to campus today, I could hear them practicing for the first time since we've been at, back at Baylor. Uh, yeah. you know me, I'm a huge baseball person. So just yeah. so happy to have um, baseball back at Baylor, even if it is just in a practice format you know mm-hmm. i'm just uh, happy to have sports yes yeah, you because know, so- like soccer um women's soccer and uh football's back i think track's coming back to baseball's practicing uh i think basketball's practicing as well right um, basketball's practicing softball's practicing tennis is practicing I love this. Um, I love that. That's I so love, good to like hear. <laughs> it's so great to have sports back. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Baylor soccer, they had their opener on Friday night mm-hmm. and it ended in a double overtime draw against TCU, which, you know, wish we would have won, but at least they played well enough to shut out TCU. It was Jennifer Wants 26th career shutout. Mm-hmm. Um, stellar goalkeeper that we've had here she's a senior she's got you know a lot of experience so uh so glad to have Baylor soccer with a positive outcome even though it wasn't a win yeah Um, it was a very like defensive game I mean uh I was watching the interview with coach Jobson he was just talking about how like we made a lot of um I say we like I'm on the team but we like the the Baylor soccer, like they made a lot of, you know, young mistakes because a lot of the team is, is mostly freshmen, you know, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of freshmen are coming up and they haven't seen like coach Jobson was saying, they haven't seen that like college intensity level yet. Uh, but he was really pleased with like the way that they, uh, I mean, Jennifer Wont played out of her mind and she also had the help of uh, her, her other teammates who would get in there and help her um, defend the goal. But TCU had way more shots on goal than we did. 
Um, and so I think that's, that, that, that's a good testament to say like how we played um, because even though we didn't have many shots on goal, they did, and they still didn't get any points out of it. So I think that's a good, a good thing to carry into the, to the later weeks against tech. I know we play tech um, this Friday night, I believe at tech. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that's a good thing to carry into the next couple of weeks because if you can't score on us, you can't win. So, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we'll also have the advantage of having had a game. Texas mm-hmm. tech didn't play this past week because they had two, uh, positive COVID tests going into their game against Kansas state. So the Wildcats ended up playing Oklahoma state and, um, losing to them three zero. So just an overall good opening weekend for Big 12 soccer. And mm-hmm. um, I guess you could say there was mixed reviews to opening weekend for Big 12 football, seeing as there was four losses and three of our teams didn't play. But Yeah, um, it was yeah. a really, really difficult week for Big 12. But <laughs> if you're not a Sooner or a Mountaineer, <laughs> basically. I know. Um, okay, so... Before we get into our Big 12 football recap, I have a question for you. Okay. What I want to call my waffles or pancakes What question of the week. Okay. Um, would you rather have your team give up two special teams touchdowns for more than 100 yards, or would you rather your kicker miss the game-tying field goal with seconds left in the game? In the first option, if we did give up, two defensive or two special teams touchdowns for a hundred yards or more, would we still win the game? No. Oh, okay. Um, you have to assume I'd that ra- both of these end in losses. Okay. I'd rather, I'd rather do the two special team touchdowns with a hundred yards because there wouldn't be solely pressure on the, on the kicker. It would be the entire special teams, um, like unit it would be the all those 11 guys that that would have the blame put on them and so you could you could work with one unit and make that better but I just wouldn't want to be in the place of missing the field goal and everybody knowing like who I was and that I missed it and I had a chance to tie it so I think it's better if you mess up with a team than mess up by yourself so I'm gonna have to take it I really don't want to but I'm gonna have to take the the two special teams touchdowns okay the reason to ask is because both of those things happened over this weekend um, the missed field goal in the Bengals game where Joe Burrow made his first start as uh, NFL player. And, you know, they were so close. I mean, that's why the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow, who was the best quarterback available mm-hmm. after last season, you know, making that big jump and leading LSU to the national championship. Um but to have that be his first game and end the way that it did, I thought was just pretty disappointing. Right. Yeah. I thought he was gonna have. I thought he was gonna have more uh, passing touchdowns. Now he did. He did play well for it being his first game. And you know, the Bengals aren't completely stacked, um, especially up front. But I mean, they have the speedster John Ross. They have. They drafted T. Higgins, um, who would be a good addition on the outside. A.J. Green is healthy, um, and so I thought he would have. You know more passing stats, but he, I felt like he did play a good game. I mean, the chargers do have a pretty stacked defense, um, especially up front with, with Bosa and Ingram and all them. Um, but I think, you know, he had that 25 yard run. Um, I didn't know Joe Burrow could move like that. Like I've seen him escape the pocket a couple times, but doing it at the NFL level is even more impressive. 
Um, and I know a lot of people know him because of his arm, but I, I think it's a good, good thing for him to showcase that he can run a little bit too. Um, so I think we should start calling him dual threat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, moving on to recapping big 12 football, Iowa state, we hyped them up so bad last week and the way they played was just lackluster, unenergetic. Mm -hmm. And I mean, credit to Louisiana though, the raging Cajuns are a fantastic team. Um, mm -hmm. and people counted them out going into this matchup being seen that the Cyclones were ranked, but, um, right. yeah. What were your overall thoughts on this Iowa state game against Louisiana? I was really disappointed. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm an like Iowa state fan, but I was just, you know, expecting more. Like we saw them, we saw them being ranked. Uh, I think they were top 20, I believe. Yeah. They or were like, number 23. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was just, that was just really, really disheartening to see. Um, Brock Purdy was not Brock Purdy <laughs> at no. all in that game. And it wasn't, I'll say this, it wasn't necessarily his fault the entire time, but he wasn't, because some of his receivers did drop balls. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. there, there were a couple of times where they could have made uh, catches or contested catches and they just didn't come through um, when they need to on third downs um, and even like second downs, you know, like whenever you need that first down, it would be like second down and seven, you get a 13 yard pass and they would drop it. And that just, that just doesn't help your team win. And it's not like the raging Cajuns are bad. I mean, they were playing good defense and they, they dropped 31 points on uh, Iowa state's defense. And so that's, that's pretty good. Um, for them to come out, come out there on the road to do that at Iowa State and uh, and and win that game, um, but it just Brock Purdy wasn't really on target either. He would he was throwing balls over the heads of his receivers, throwing them low. Um, I think it was just the lack of you know practicing, the lack of uh, of regular practice without COVID. You know where mm -hmm. where people can get out and. Uh, go have that chemistry and, and work on their chemistry together as quarterbacks and receivers and stuff. And so I think they, I mean, I think they're in a good place to uh, carry on with the season. I don't think they should be discouraged just with this one loss, um, but it's a building block. And I think they, that they need to do better on the receiver and quarterbacks chemistry. Um, Cause I forget who their running back was, but he ran hard. Um, so I, I don't think they're lacking up front in the trenches or any with any running game. It's just completing passes and converting on third downs. And I think that's, I think that's true with any team. Yeah. And I mean, Louisiana did a pretty good job on covering the wide receivers. And mm -hmm. I mean, who was it? I know Farid Gardner and Lorenzo McCaskill had um, the most tackles for the Raging Cajuns and and they were all up on Purdy, and they were all yeah. up on their receivers. And it also didn't help that Charlie Kolar, who is one of the main guys that made those contested catches for the Cyclones last season, uh, was out because of injury. Mm -hmm. um, you also got to give credit to Lafayette because, I mean, Billy Napier is going to get a street named after him in Lafayette. Yeah. He's a great coach. Um, no doubt. And, you know, they were just there. They were energetic and um, they played like they wanted to play. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean they, Iowa they State. They answered well too. Yeah, they answered pretty yeah. well. Um, that doesn't mean Iowa State isn't going to contend for a Big 12 title. You know, no, we saw no. what they did last year um, and they're still growing. Obviously, they've got all of these challenges they got to overcome because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but I think 
despite the loss, they're they're on a pretty good path to improve this season. What is it like Matt Campbell's fifth year coaching? So I I, I think that's what I, I think that's what I saw that it was his fifth year. I mean that's that's still pretty young. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things that you can still fix in that time and still be okay. And I mean they they do have winning seasons and they do win big games. So I, I don't think we should count them out just yet. No. Um, moving on to a team that kind of surprised me, but West Virginia um, beating Eastern Kentucky and beating them hard. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, this being year two of the Neil Brown era for the Mountaineers, and um, they had the season that they were expected to have last year because of the coaching change and because of the rebuild. Um, and I was just really impressed with the way that they played in their opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, dropping 56 is, is pretty good for, for a starting game. Um, I think, I know Eastern Kentucky was 0-1 coming into that game, which doesn't really bring a lot of high morale into a game, especially when you're playing a, a well-known big 12 team. Um, but I thought, I mean, they were firing on all ends and it, it really looked like the Will Greer, era of West Virginia, you know, that just, just scoring and scoring and scoring. Um, it looked like 2013, 2014 Baylor offense, <laughs> you know, where they were just, you know, dr- dropping touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Um, but I, I think that, I think that that's a team to watch out for, especially like we can't sleep on them. Um, and I, I know that they dropped a lot of points, but you know who else dropped a lot of points? Texas dropped a lot of points and uh, was Sam Ellinger. Yeah, that's, uh, he, he broke the he, record in the first half. Yeah, that's that's a dangerous man, and I'm I'm kind of worried about how he's going to do in the Big Twelve because there there are a lot of good quarterbacks in the Big Twelve. I mean, Spencer Rattler first mm-hmm. first college game, forty eight. What was it? Forty eight nothing. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma or something like that, and they 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 took him out in like the second quarter or something like that, and and then Sam Ellinger comes out and plays well, and, and I mean Charlie Brewer is yet to play. Um, but I think uh, I'm really excited about what he's going to do. But, I mean, just watching the quarterback play in the team, not even looking at the running game or the receivers' releases and catches and all that stuff, it's just crazy. I mean, for, for a guy to come in, Spencer Rattler, for him to come into his first college game and drop 31 points in the first quarter, like, that's that's pretty incredible. And Oklahoma is known for having good quarterbacks. So yeah. I, I think that's scary for the rest of the Big 12. Um but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we should say that Texas is back yet because we usually say that at the start of the season and they end up seven and five, but <laughs> I'm not really sure what to say on that, but they played a, they played, they played a good game. Yeah, and I think that the big 12 is on its way to improving in the parts that a lot of other conferences don't feel they're strong at um, defense being one of those. And obviously, I mean, quarterbacks in the Big 12 have always been good. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we're, we're a pretty strong conference, despite the fact that we haven't had a national championship in yeah. a pretty long time. Um, yeah. But we're on our way. I think the players that we are seeing in these past few years and, and hopefully in these upcoming years are going to be what this conference needs to mm-hmm make its mark on college football yeah um okay 
let's look at the Baylor versus Houston matchup that we've got coming up. I'm so mm-hmm. excited. I'm so happy. I grew up in Houston, and if I wasn't at Baylor, I probably would be at U of H. So um, the last time that these two teams played each other, obviously we said earlier, was in 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've got a lot of history, not just within the, like, conference – in the Southwestern Conference, but also Dave Aranda was the linebackers coach there for a year in the early 2000s. And mm-hmm. um, he actually worked with Dana Holgerson, Houston's head coach at Texas Tech when he was a grad assistant. Mm-hmm. Then Mac Rhodes was the athletic director there before coming to Baylor uh, from 20, 2009 to 2015, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, we've got uh, Coach Johnson was a, a four-year player there for the Cougars and uh, just a lot of history, a lot of connections. So I think we've got a wealth of knowledge uh, from how Houston might work and mm-hmm. uh, how they might play uh, coming into this game. I agree. It's, it's, I think it's going to be like the same uh, or at least close to the same scenario as uh, last week when we were supposed to play La Tech. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Aranda knew their system really well because of all the camps that he had been to in Louisiana and, uh, and all that stuff. But since, uh, you know, he was there and I mean, it's the early two thousands. So uh, there's, there's a lot that could change. It's, it's been, you know, 20 something years. Uh, it, there, there's a lot that could change in their system, but when, when you have a system uh, like U of H, like U of H football, there's not much that can change other than play calling. Or I mean, you're still always going to have that like attack mentality. You're still always going to have like, um, you're going to have that team morale, that uh, that team mindset that you're going to carry every single season about how hey, you're going to attack the season differently. You know, whether it's offensive heavy, defensive heavy, you're just going to have that like at the season. And so I think uh, Coach Aranda knows knows a lot about that, and that's going to give him the advantage or, or a advantage in the game. Um, coming in just like it would have and uh, if we would have played La Tech. So um, I'm excited to see how that turns out. And I know, I know U of H has got a lot of talent, so they're really going to test us. And I really hope that um, our defense comes out and plays like they did last year because our, our defense saved us in a lot of games. <laughs> so, um, and I know, like we talked about last week, Aranda's really defensive heavy because of um, being the coordinator at LSU and whatnot. Um, so I think he's going to focus more on that, but uh I'm really excited to see how our offense works out. Um, It's going to be different seeing those guys and the new numbers, like we talked about last week. So that's going to be one thing different to see uh, number five thrown to zero, you know, Brewer thrown to RJ Sneed, which is going to be different, but uh, I guess, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It's only what, it's only Tuesday. So we have five days away. Um, Our depth chart is pretty much the same as it was going to be for Louisiana tech. So we've got, you know, Terrell Bernard there at uh, linebacker, Dylan Doyle in the middle, um, Ashton Logan playing the Jack, and then William Bradley King as his backup, and Jalen Petrie at the star position. So our defense is going to look the same um, as it would have against the Bulldogs. And then offensive-wise, we've got RJ Sneed at wide receiver. We've got Gavin Holmes at wide receiver. We've got Taekwon Thornton. And those are guys that are playmakers and they're there, you know. They're electric. All three they of them are. are. And I'm, I'm excited to see Gavin Holmes back on the field because he's been dealing with a lot of leg injuries. So I, it'll be a good uh, tune-up game for him to just get back into the groove of things. So I'm excited to watch him. You got a ticket. 
but a lot did, of people, yes. yeah, a lot of people who aren't going to get to be in the stands also have an opportunity to watch the game from the student tailgate area because they're holding a student watch party uh, at the student tailgate area. Um, that starts at 10. The game kicks off at 11.05. Uh, so just for anybody that couldn't get a ticket but, you know, want to have that game experience, they are going to have a student watch party. That's behind the Mayborn Museum. Uh, next to the practice field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then uh, obviously remember, wear your mask, social distance. That's very important. We don't want to end up like Oklahoma fans did, um, getting reprimanded by the athletic director for not wearing their mask in the stands on Saturday. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I really don't want to uh, postpone football a little more than we have to. So, uh, but I think, I think Baylor kids know that, you know, we got to be socially distanced in the stands and we got to wear our masks in order to have this. So, um, and since it means so much, especially in Texas, uh, you know, Texas college football, Texas high school football, I mean, football is just different in Texas. So uh, I, I feel like the majority of Baylor students are going to, uh, follow the rules in order to get the outcome that we all want. Um, so I'm not worried. Yeah, and the one of the good things is that our COVID numbers have actually fallen in this past week. If, right. uh, if people go and look at the uh, tally board that Baylor has, I think, and, and even President Livingstone tweeted that we're, we're down a good bit of COVID cases. And so that bodes well for us. It means we're doing right. what we're supposed to do even though it can be so annoying to have to wear a mask, you know, all day long, but. True, but it's only temporary. It's only that's temporary. what I have to keep. That's what I have to keep reminding myself. It's only temporary, so. Okay. Um, what is your prediction for this week's game? Hmm. Like overall score? Yeah. Okay. Um, or like just how, like by how much, like I've got Baylor by 10 points, like a touchdown and okay. a touchdown. Okay, I'll t- I'll take Baylor by fourteen. Uh, I'll go. Okay. I'll go. Um, let's see. I'll go 28-14 Baylor, and okay. just just because it's our first game back, um, I want to go a little a little bit conservative on the offensive side. Um, I feel like we're gonna have more uh, rushing touchdowns than passing because it is hard to. Um, I feel like passing is going to get us down to the red zone a lot, but I feel like we're going to, ha- we're going to have to run it in um, a bit more. And that's just, that's just me uh, calling that for right now. No particular reason, but that's what I just feel like is going to happen. We're going to have to get in the groove of uh, moving the ball downfield, you know, converting on third downs and whatnot uh, on, on offense. So I feel like Charlie Brewer and his receivers are going to get us down to where we need to be and then love it. And Ebner and uh, you know, those guys are going to take it in and, uh, a couple times, and I think it's going to be. I think we're going to start out the season one and zero, but I think Houston's going to give us a good game. You know, they're they're not just going to roll over and have us stomp all over them. You know, they're they're coming to our place and they're ready to play too. So I mean, we can't we can't count them out just yet. We got to remember that not everybody's played football yet. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I I I guess twenty eight fourteen is my final answer. Yeah, they. I think you're you're right um, in terms of going a little conservative. I think thirty one. 14 would be my go. I feel like we've got uh, a good chance of at least sneaking in a field goal um, for the advantage. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Mutton chop mayors. 
Baylor for the win this weekend. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of other uh, interesting games that I might be looking at um, in terms of college football. Mm-hmm. The first being Navy at Tulane. Um, that's mostly because my little brother just started at the Naval Academy. So I'm excited to see what their sports teams uh, do this year. Right. And I've got Navy by a touchdown just because, you know, I got a root for the midshipmen. Sure. Uh, they had a really rough opener um, against BYU. Oh, my gosh. It, it looked yeah, like BYU ran all scrimmage. over them. It, yeah, was, that yeah, was... it, it was a painful to watch. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was brutal. BYU really came to play. But BYU is also not a bad team. So yeah, BYU is pretty good. Um, you can't hang your head too much about that. And Tulane's pretty good too. They had a good opener, um, so they're going to give Navy a run for their money. Um, sure. Yeah. Then we have Tulsa at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma State, who they had to push back their game a week as well, like we did, because Tulsa right. had some COVID numbers. Um, but I think Oklahoma State is going to take that by at least two touchdowns yeah like, I think I think Chuba is gonna you know play out of his mind especially because he yeah. wants to get back out on the field and start uh, and a lot of people are saying Chuba for Heisman and I think he's definitely going to be a contender um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him run upwards of 100 yards in this game um, I'm calling it right now 125 yards two touchdowns and just you know setting the bar high for for Hubbard's season um, but also, isn't uh, SEC football back this weekend? I think they might be. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but Coach O talking about how most of his players have probably caught COVID. And oh, I, I don't saw that. doubt it because Baton Rouge is just a crazy Baton Rouge is Baton Rouge, yeah. <laughs> Baton Rouge is Baton Rouge. Okay, yeah. And then my last game to watch out for is actually Louisiana Tech at Southern Miss. They were supposed to play Southern Miss on September 12 and moved their schedule around so that they could play us. Um, mm-hmm. But now they're starting their conference because uh, it's the conference opener um, at Southern Miss. So um, who had a really tough game in their opener against South South Alabama and their coach actually resigned right after that loss. So mm. that's not fun. Okay. That's a great um, start. <laughs> so the SEC doesn't start until next week, September. Okay. So it's the, it's the week after that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, at least it's coming up soon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, I, I also heard that uh, the big 10 might be making a decision or if, did they already make the decision? Or I think they might have the, already voted. Yeah, um, I think, was it like sometime in October, like early October, they're going to be playing? Maybe early October. All I know is yeah. that they have decided to play. I think, um, that's, I think that's a great decision. I don't, know, I don't know why they wouldn't have just played whenever we played. Um, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not an athletic director or, you know, I don't have that authority. So I guess, I guess like all I can do is sit back and watch but uh, I'm glad they're, I'm glad those guys are getting to play because I know the majority of them wanted to play um, and get out and, and seeing every other conference play or almost every other conference play is going to be kind of tough, especially big 10 being a big conference. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm glad they're finally getting out there and I guess we'll see what Ohio state can do. You know, a lot of people have them at number one. Yeah. I know a lot of people were really upset when the rankings came out this week and Ohio state wasn't in it. And I'm like, how are you going to rank a team that hasn't played? You know, 
Yeah, or how was Baylor not in it? Can't I don't play. understand. I don't understand that. <laughs> like Big Twelve, we go to the Big Twelve championship. We go eleven. Because, we go eleven and one. Yeah, I think just because they haven't seen Dave Aranda's team play, they know what Matt Rule's team could do. But since Matt Rule has left and took the majority of his coaching staff with him, and then we did lose a lot of starters, a lot of guys that were um, essential to that defense, especially um, that they don't. They don't know what we can do yet. I mean, they don't know what Baylor can do yet. So um, I guess the Bears are going to have to go prove them wrong when they play Houston this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I think that's all we have this week for you, uh, for everybody listening. Um, don't forget to check out the BaylorLariat.com for all of your Baylor sports content. Uh, LTVN's got their newscasts c- coming out on Friday morning um, online and on the Waco City channel. Baylor Soccer plays Texas Tech this Friday. So our sports writer, Will Shambly, has your recap. Baylor Volleyball will be playing its green and gold scrimmage. We're not sure if we can cover that yet. Um, talking to the media people to see if they can give us access. And uh, But it is open to the public. So if anybody is interested in going to watch some Baylor Volleyball uh, at the Farrell Center this weekend, 25% capacity, of course, and you got to wear your mask and you got to social distance. Um, so we're, we've got a fun weekend coming up. We're so excited to finally get to cover sports. Um, Baylor sports. I love to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a weird feeling for sure, but Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's also exciting. I mean, we get to see, that's one good thing about Baylor is that, um, we're, we're good all the way around in every sport. And so that's, that's one of the main reasons that I came here actually, um, you know, just because there's there's not one thing that we're lacking in. So uh, I'm excited to see how we do. And um, I guess I guess it's going to be good to talk about it next week. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's DJ Ramirez and Tam Longoria signing out. And remember, please do not feed the bears.